Okay, thank you, Angela. So this uh, webinar today is uh, done in cooperation between uh, Abrams Consulting and TrueSecure. So my name is Igal Behar, and I'm going to take over now and uh, put this the slide into motion and slide and from beginning. Okay. So I hope everybody can see my screen. So we're gonna talk about ransomware readiness and actually how you can be better prepared and understand this kind of threat uh, as I'm gonna show in this presentation. Um, the threat is really growing and uh, based on the trends that we see, uh, and, and I'll show the numbers, we have about 15% increase of the threats every, every year. So let's say, uh, uh, let's get uh, going. Okay, so before we talk about all the things uh, that ransomware is, first we want to set up the scene and put up the terms in order for every, everybody to understand um, what what is that uh, ransomware. So, what is that? It's a malicious software that runs on the computer and it does certain things on the computer. So we'll go over those um, elements. Okay. So what it does after it's uh, uh, uploaded to the computer, uh, can be any kind of endpoint, can be even um, a smartphone or tablet, a laptop or computer PC, Mac, Macintosh. Uh, it will try to disable um, any kind of detection mechanism that you have and avoid detection um, in order to prevent uh, its, its presence. Then it will try to move, uh, what's called literal movement, it will try to move from one computer to another computer in order to spread all over, in order to increase uh, their magnitude, the, the, uh, uh, I would say the, the, uh, the impact on the organizations and encrypt all the computer, computers that are available, including sh uh, shared folders, backups and, and everything that that the a computer can access the ransomware will try to access uh, those uh, places the next step will be to encrypt the data and so you won't be able even to recover the data so in, in some cases we say okay i can use backups yes of course if you have a good backup you may try to restore from the backup but apparently this is not enough so let's let's move on and we'll ask of course for bitcoins and ransom that's what's called ransomware because it goes it's a two words that they combine together the ransom and malware which ransomware is a a variant or it's a uh a, it's a in the family of malware um malicious software that runs on the um um you know spread all over the internet now and then uh, steal the data, meaning later on can use the data. So let's say if you don't pay the ransom, they will release this uh, data, your data, to the internet. So you won't be able to uh, um, uh, do anything about it once it's sold. And they will try to cash uh, how much money they can get uh, from this uh, uh, activity. And of course, we'll stay resident. So even we'll try to delete it uh, you do all the uh, um, capabilities in your um, ability to uh, remove that threat it might be still uh, on the network somewhere hiding 
And the only way for you to uh, completely remove it is basically reinstall everything from scratch in order to remove that uh, threat. Okay, so let's talk about uh, after we understand and we have the common ground about the uh, ransomware, let's talk about the entry point and what are the common uh, entry points. And of course, it's email can come either as a uh, in links. So you get an email about a shipment or about something else. It doesn't matter uh, for that matter. And once you click on that link, it will download the payload. It's a small piece of uh, malicious code that later on will download all the rest of the package of the ransomware. Or it can become as an, as an attachment in a PDF document or any kind of office document um, and run itself. The second piece is RDP. Uh, I don't know if everybody is familiar with RDP. It's remote desktop uh, protocol, which used with Microsoft in order to remote connect to typically to servers uh, in order to manage them or to use them in a terminal server. And the RDP, it's, and we see it in 99% of uh, reviews, firewall reviews that we do, we found that the firewall is misconfigured and one of the findings that RDP is open for everybody to come in uh, and we can help anybody that is watching us. Um, you can talk to us and we'll try to help you how to help you with uh, preventing this kind of uh, uh, firewall misconfiguration. Uh, of course, web. So if we browse the internet, we go to different sites. Some sites are, are breached already. And when you browse the internet and you download the page, everything that the page behind the page, there is a code and that code is being rendered on your computer without your knowledge. And then you can do different things, you can do mine bitcoins, for instance. This is a known attack. It's called the mining through the web. And then social media. So if you go to social media, any kind of Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, and you get messages, uh, you can get uh, links on those messages. Once you click on that link, it's a way to get in. And of course, messenger apps, including, uh, let's say for instance, Facebook Messenger or any kind of uh, like WhatsApp, they have the desktop application that you know from your phone, you can have it on your computer. So you can view the messages both on the phone and on the computer on the, on the app. And this is how to, to get in. Next, we're going to talk about ransomware, how, how an email uh, looks like as a ransomware. So for instance, in this case, and many people just only looking at the display name, when it says FedEx package, this is the display name. And in many uh, email software, it's not going to show the rest of it, which is the email address. And typically, the domain name from the company FedEx will show here but this in this case we see clearly that it's not coming from fedex and if the users cannot identify this you have a big problem and you need to train them and again we can help you with the training um training your customers how to identify ransomware attacks and also you can see here they send an attachment it's a zip file in some cases, they will try to hide the zip and will do different, will give it different names or different extensions. In the end of the day, it's a zip file. When you open it, and this is what I did, I opened the file, 
And as you can see, it, it's a, a JavaScript encoded script file that once you double click that, it will uh, run on the computer and beginning download all the payload from um, uh, the attacker site. Okay, so let's talk about some numbers here. Um, as you can see here, 78%, I'm looking here at item number three, uh, jumps in attack supply chain. So this is very big. Uh, if we think about the solar winds attack, the uh, 18,000 companies were exposed uh, through the supply chain attack. Also another interesting uh, uh, statistic here, 14 seconds, it's the frequency of attacks uh, it was uh, actually an increase, if you will, from uh, the end of 2016, which was, was uh, 40 uh, seconds, the frequency of uh, ransomware or malware attacks. And then 76% here says that the organization that believe that they are likely to be become a victim of a, a, a malware attack in the next year. And then from those, more than half they say that they know they won't be able to detect it on time. And again, this is very important piece. Two, two items to talk about, and we'll speak about this. It's about the detection and remediation. So if you are subscribed to uh, getting alerts from, let's say, from the, the CISA, Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, they send alerts. They give you different kind of uh, uh, tools and information in order to improve your uh, cybersecurity posture, including the FBI and the HHS if you are a healthcare organization. Okay, so let's talk about the threat uh, landscape. Let's understand what is exactly going on with, uh, with those uh, threats out there. So living off the land technique to event detection. So this is a typical way how to enter an organization without being noticed. Uh, uh, using tools like PowerShell, PowerShell, for instance, or PSExec, that any kind of uh, admin that uh, using those tools in order to manage their environment will use that in order to do typical management, installing packages, changing settings, and so forth. They will use those tools in order to manage. And this is typically on uh, Microsoft Windows environment, including servers and workstations. The next is automated compromise followed by human-led uh, farming. This is, um, uh, if you look at the solar winds, so they automated the entry, uh, but then they continued uh, with hackers on the keyboard in order to continue the uh, penetration. And we'll talk about this as a case study soon in the, in the next slides. And then backup uh, encryption to false ransom payment. So those ransomware, as, as I discussed it earlier, they will try to encrypt not only your data, your files, on your documents, your desktop and everything, shared folders. It will encrypt, will look for backup uh, folders and files and will try to encrypt the backups. So now you need to protect the backups as well. It's not enough to have a backup in one place. You need to have a backup in another location and you need to protect that location from uh, getting uh, access to this uh, backup. And, and uh, the same, same ransomware uh, 
was known and still known to be looking for those kind of uh, uh, the, the backup files in order to encrypt them. And then exploitation of third-party vendors in the supply chain. Again, we are going back to SolarWinds. Uh, Becky was with the target that uh, um, the hackers were able to hack the Havoc system. And then from the Havoc system, they jumped into the, the uh, target machine, target systems. And the target, target case was in 20, back in 2013. And now with the SolarWinds uh, that they discovered in now in December 2020, and this is where we, we see the increase uh, attacks in, in the supply chain. Okay, so now let's talk about the, some of the trends, as I mentioned earlier. So you see, this is the trends over the past five years. It's about 15, on average, 15% increase over uh, each year, meaning it's impossible to handle it in the way we handled it before. And we need a different approach. So what is, as, as, a, as a defenders, we, we have a big, big, big challenge here. How do we continue and maintain the security posture? What, what, what we need to do in order to be effective in that? So of course we want to defense, we want to put defense mechanisms that would prevent attacks and reduce the risk from known threats. And typically we do it by, you know, using antivirus solutions, which uh, they're great for uh, what is called the pass, but they are not very effective. And I would say not effective at all when it comes to the recent attacks, like with the zero day that nobody knows anything. You don't have a signature, therefore you cannot detect it. And of course, we want to discover the unknown threats. Those are really the most important pieces because you need to have what is called a legacy protection, the antivirus, antivirus and anti-malware solutions. But in the other hand, you want to detect as soon as possible those that are not de detectable in a signature base, but they are using a different techniques like behavior, right? If you do certain things or certain, certain actions, then I want to want to know what's going on with those actions. This is exactly where I want to see the detection in place. And again, we can help you with that with our service, what is called threat hunting, um, that we can talk about this uh, days and nights. Okay, the next item is remediate. We want to remediate uh, the incident as soon as possible. And actually, this comes in in a, uh, the FBI and CISA recommendations. Uh, we'll talk about this, uh, we call it common mitigations, and that you need to have some sort of a um, incident response plan. And again, if you don't have one, you want to improve what, what you have, or you want us to test it, please come to us and we'll help you with that as well. So let's talk about um, two case studies. The first one is Equifax, and I love this case because it shows uh, the major problem that we have. So as you can see, in the beginning of March, Apache Shrouds releases uh, um, an update about the vulnerability in, in, a, in their web server. And of course, uh, Equifax failed to install that patch. And they had five months, those hackers, to uh, penetrate 
steal the data, sell it out there on the uh, dark web, uh, monetize that steal, and Equifax didn't do anything during this time. They couldn't detect it. And the FBI tells us that, that it takes about two months to detect an, an attack. So this is kind of the things where I love this, uh, uh, this uh, case study because it shows really the issue at hand. This first is, is to know what is out there and use the research that it's been available publicly. And then once you, you have the walkaround in the form of a patch, you install the patch right away. And of course, installing that patch would prevent all of, all of this breach. But this is not enough because they didn't detect it at all. Only in July, in the end of July, they were able to detect the breach. And, and the same day, they installed the patches. I mean, after what happened, it took them a day just to uh, fix the issue. And then they went to crisis management. Uh, what happened later on, the CEO had to, to step down. The CIO, the CISO, everybody had to step down because of this. Uh, um, the consequences of this, uh, of this attack, it, including reducing their... Uh, credit score and uh, their uh, stock went down uh, huge uh, uh, following that uh, those attacks, this attack. The next uh, case study that I want to discuss is the solar winds, which is very fresh in our minds. It just happened now. And this is how to show you how threat actors, TA, work uh, when it comes to attack. They don't move very quickly, as you can see. Based on the months and the days here, you see, and this is again based on the forensic data that was were collected from uh, SolarWinds systems, they could, they could uh, um, understand what happened. And again, not to say that this is, this is incorrect, it might be that they already were there even longer than this time, the discovery that they uh, published. So they had the time to test it, they had the time to inject the code, just to remind everybody what they did, they were able to penetrate using the password SolarWinds1234, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So make sure to change your passwords as soon as possible. And of course, they, uh, they wrote a, a DLL. It's a sub piece of software that was later on deployed and pushed to uh, all the customers that using specific uh, software. If you want to know, you can go to SolarWinds website and see uh, if you are being affected by it. And of course, if you're using SolarWinds and later on SolarWinds in December, they notified about this, uh, the Sunburst uh, attack. This is how it's been named. So it took them uh, more, than, more than a year just to identify this kind of attack. This is a very, very long time. And now you can imagine what kind of attack on the supply chain uh, to their customers means. They went to SolarWinds, it's been used by government body is used by any kind of a, uh, a commercial companies and we can also mention FireEye which is a security company that was breached uh, we have another company security companies that was breached two days ago SonicWall also a breach uh, they're using their own solutions because they believe in the solution which is perfect but they were hacked uh, with a zero day attack so again we cannot rely anymore on those traditional solutions and i know many people that i speak to they say okay you know we're gonna we have av solution from this kind we're gonna move to another one and i have many examples of those um when customers had let's say 
McAfee, for instance, I'm sorry, not McAfee, Semantic. And the Semantic shows everything green, but once we install our solutions, our threat hunting um, uh, service, we found so many threats out there uh, that was uh, it was crazy. And then the other other customer that we did, we replaced the Sophos endpoint protection that they had, and we started to they they started to get so many alerts. They said, "How come we we didn't get any kind of uh, threats uh, alerts about what we have now?" And suddenly we get so many. I said, "Well, that's that's what happening. We're trying to improve our services to our customers and give them a better value." Um, and then SolarWinds again released a software fix, and and then uh, there was a, uh, a CISA issued a uh, alert about this, and everybody hoped know what happened with this with this case. Okay, so let's move to what our objective as as a defenders. Well, what what we need to know? We want to discover attacks on sensitive data assets and naturalize incidents before they become a breach, right? This is what we want to do. As soon as we see the threat, we want to kill it right away. We don't have the time because every minute that passes by, it's going to cost us so much that we want to do it quickly as possible. Okay, so let's talk about discoveries. Okay, what are the common discoveries that we use in order to discover threats and, and vulnerabilities, right? We do all kinds of penetration testing and vulnerability assessments. We try to attack the web application. We are, we are trying to attack the, uh, uh, the firewall. We do some scans internally. And then we, be, then we get a big list, of, list of, of vulnerabilities and they are sorted from high to low. And everybody says, okay, let's address them from the high, medium, and low. And obviously, it has some advantages, and in other cases, it just, you know, check back on our uh, compliance requirement that we need to do all those tests. But really, do they really help us? And then we're talking about phishing campaigns. So with those phishing campaigns, you send an email, okay, I clicked an email, so now I know if the user, I, have the, I know the problem with the user if he clicked the, the, uh, the link. So I know we open it, he did something because I get the reports. But is, is it really sufficient to know that? Do we really know more about it? What about our workstation? What about incident response? Did we test those? So what are the common mitigations? As I mentioned earlier, uh, the FBI and CISA says, OK, you should back up. Yes, you should back up. You should separate backups. You need to prevent from uh, have a way to save the information in a way that's going to be one way. And again, if you want to speak with us, we can help you with that uh, to segregate networks in a way that it's only one way. Uh, updates, this is, of course, go, goes without saying. You need to have a patch management uh, system and a patch man management uh, process where you patch all the systems uh, religiously, I say it, because it's very important um, to update systems. And again, if you don't have patch management or patch management policy, we can help you with that. Security solutions. Oh, in, in that recommendation, they said, okay, you need to update, make sure that the antivirus solutions and anti-malware are up to date and 
so let's say they they're up to date and let's say you get some some sort of a zero day but until you get the update it's enough time to cause a damage so it's not enough we already spoke about this and again if you want to uh, speak with us what we do in those items like the threat hunt that comes and and close that whole of the security solutions incident response plan we mentioned it earlier you need to have an incident response plan who does what where how all of those uh questions needs to be answered and again if you need help developing this plan come contact us ransomware events so you need to learn from past ransomware events see what happened with those specific ransomware types because on every day they start in the morning in the, by the end of the day they have a ransomware campaign it's a zero day for everybody nobody knows this ransomware it's a new thing um and then you are uh you don't know what, what to do and you need to learn from those past events in order to reduce right we're talking about uh, risk management we need to reduce the risk the exposure so I'm going to talk about our way how to handle ransomware, the army-style ransomware. Now, I served in the Israeli military, in the Navy for three years, and I want to show you what we did. Uh, we did four things. We did constant, constant drills, and those drills were live on live ammunition. We did those tests to make sure that all the soldiers know how the, the rifle works, what kind of sound it makes. Now you, you have the tears, you have the sweat, you understand what's going on. You are closer to live real war and therefore you are better prepared when the real thing comes. This is what we do. We, we do this in order to be better prepared. We all use intelligence. So let's say if we know that something is coming, if we get an alert about uh, an attack, if we have a feed, like I got this feed about SonicWall, so I was able to uh, send a message right away to, we have one customer actually that uses SonicWall and send them an email, you know, this is something that it's out there, you need to be on the lookout and we're gonna have a conversation with them, how to help them with, uh, with this case. Constant learning from past events is one of the recommendations. This is a recommendation to learn from ransomware events, past events. This is what we do. We had a huge book with all the cases that happened before. And now you read all those cases and you understand, okay, this is this is what the scenario, the situation, the soldier were, and what they did in order to mitigate the threat. Right? If you think about it army and and well physical security i would say and cyber security they have a lot in common so i'm using my army background in order to inject my experience to um, the cyber security area and of course opening our eyes to and ears to the unusual and this is what goes to the threat hunt so you don't have any, a signature but now you need to look for some sort of an actions right you need to see what it does the threat so what, what are we offering? We are offering malware attack simulation army style. We, we want to answer the, these questions. Is my org ready to fend a predefined attack? Which again, we're talking about a ransomware. And the answer should be yes or no. Well, you cannot be something in between. So how, how we do that? 
we want to test how your incoming uh, filtering mechanism works, right? If your email system can spot a phishing campaign, for instance, uh, the links or attachments, if it doesn't, then it's going to come to your employee. So now it will be rendered in the workstation. So how the workstation works, right? What kind of uh, logging you have, any kind of file permission, can I execute any kind of process? But cannot be alerted about it. What is my antivirus and anti-malware effectiveness? Right, if it can detect whatever I'm running, if I'm going to run a JavaScript or I'm going to run a malware or kind of PowerShell or PSExec, if I'm going to run anything else like that, would my endpoint protection will be able to detect it and prevent it, of course, but at least detect it. Let's say not prevent, but at least detect it, so I know it's there. And of course, my team, how my team will respond to this kind of attack, how they will be able to uproot this kind of attack. They have the tools, they have the knowledge and so forth, how quickly they can do it. So this is our style. This is what we offer um, for anybody that is watching this uh, uh, session. OK, any kind of pitfalls and you're going to ask, OK, so I'm not getting any kind big list of uh, vulnerabilities. Yeah, vulnerabilities are very important because installing those patches on your system, it's, it's important you do that already. But we, we're not going to give you a big list of things to do or big list of findings. We'll go straight to the point where you have the, the weaknesses. We're going to not test the web application. There's no point to test web application, right? Again, we're going to those areas because people are always looking. And, and by the way, we do penetration testing on, on a regular basis. And customers are limiting us. They said, OK, you know, just pen test the firewall, but do it very gently. Don't take it down. Or for instance, they have a web application, you know, do like a, like a, a scan the surface. Don't discover too much. We just want to check back the, the, the compliance and say that we did those tests. Our tests are not in, in, the, in the compliance area. We are really here for the real thing. We are really trying to find the, the weak spots and, and, and uh, fix those. And of course, firewalls, 99% of firewall audits that we do, we find misconfiguration. So we talked about the RDP, that it's open, open for everybody. If you open RDP, you need to do it in a, in a, in a specific way. But firewalls, again, so people are changing the, to next-gen firewalls, thinking that this is going to prevent the, the next attack. Not exactly. It will help, help, yes. But now with the COVID issue and COVID era, we don't know when this uh, COVID will end, so people will continue work, working from home. So really, uh, uh, replacing files won't, won't help you. The problem is where, where the data is being decimated, being read, being created, meaning on the uh, endpoint, on the desktop or the laptop or whatever you're using there. So if you're interested with uh, our way, the Army style, uh, please send an email to mas at tosecure.biz. Uh, make sure to put in the subject line MAS. We know that you're talking about MAS. Please include the uh, business signature with a uh, time to speak. And of course, we have some restrictions applying. So if you're interested, please send the email to mas at tosecure.biz. Subject line MAS. Include your signature information 
and the time that it's convenient for you to speak with us and we'll take it from there. Uh, thank you very much for watching. I'll stay now uh, for some questions. If anybody has some questions, please let me know.